Hello and welcome to Gardener's Podcast, part of Garden Church in Southern California. Today, we have an exciting conversation with Pastor Bill Doctrum and Pastor Amy. You guys, we're talking about prayer today. And I do want to mention that here at Garden Church, we do care a lot about prayer. In fact, our weekly prayer room was happening just next door in the sanctuary. We have our prayer room open every Tuesday morning from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. This is such a wholesome time to reorient our minds and imaginations back towards God and our relationship with Him. And we invite you to join us next time. For now, let's go ahead and go to my conversation with Bill and Amy. Welcome, Amy and Bill. It's so good to have you here. Good morning. Good to be here. Yeah, it's good morning. And it's a Tuesday morning. And just in case you hear something in the background, we're in the green room recording this. And in our sanctuary, we are so privileged to have a weekly rhythm of prayer and worship happening. And prayer is what we're talking about today. Bill, you spoke on Sunday. What was the title of your sermon? I don't know. Um, <laughs> okay, I thought you were ready for that. <laughs> I, 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 you didn't prepare me for that. Um, just keeping you on your toes here. Yeah. No, the idea was prayer is relationship. So prayer is intimacy with God. Prayer is being in the presence of God. Uh, and it's part of the Jesus people conversation mm-hmm. uh, that um, we've been in for the last several weeks. So Yeah. And it was such a, a privilege to listen to. Amy, we were talking before we started recording and you just happened to say this was probably the best talk that you've heard on prayer. Why is that? Yeah, I have heard a lot of sermons on prayer. And honestly, if it's a full confession, when you're like, okay, we're going to talk about prayer, we're going to look at the Lord's Prayer, I kind of relaxed a little in my seat. I was like, well, I've heard everything. <laughs> like, like yeah, read yeah. this. Um, but the reason I said that, Darren, was because I personally left, like, I want to love Jesus more. And I think Bill carries prayer and carries relational, like that relational view of prayer so well. So there was something too in his, like his anointing and his message that stirred that. But if you haven't listened, you need to go listen. You didn't leave feeling like, oh, I have to pray more or I'm not doing it right. You left with like, I want to fall more in love with Jesus um, and how prayer can assist with that or is the heartbeat of that. So, yeah. I mean, that yeah. was the impression that I got. Um, just a tender invitation into an intimacy and a depth of a relationship, which I think most people don't think of when they think about prayer. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of times, uh, just to hit it on the head, most people, when they engage with prayer, it's like, oh, I have to do this thing before I can eat, or I have to do this thing because I have a big need, um, or I have to do this thing that, you know, I can tell someone that I prayed every day this week. I think the other element that kicks in uh, that that Jesus is kind and gracious to train us out of over time is that prayer is uh, primarily about asking, primarily about getting something done. So it's the way we kind of micromanage the universe. Mm. And it becomes often then for people a kind of Christian version of anxiety management uh, because we're now trying to control the parameters of our life or what's happening with so-and-so, our roommate or our spouse or our kids or job situation. And, And prayer becomes now this new magic mechanism uh, and then, unfortunately, because prayer isn't about that, it doesn't work. So now we're frustrated. Well, if it's not that, mm-hmm. then what is it? And how do I, how do I get the secret sauce? You know, how do I make the button work? Hmm. Um, 
what is something that you've learned in your years of leaning into prayer? Because I, I remember you did start out your sermon saying that you're still a beginner at this, yeah. even though most people would see you as somewhat of a master of prayer. Yeah, it, it, it's like, how do you ever get good at relationship with God? And it, because there is, there is a, a telos, there is a through line of training that goes in with this. Uh, I still find myself uh, with prayer being, and I don't know that any of us will ever get away from it because Jesus told us, you can ask. Uh, unfortunately, he told us a lot more that, that we need also to learn into. So for me, uh, I, I think the, the piece that I'm, tr- I'm learning more and more and more is that prayer is about intimacy. Prayer is about relationship. To pray is to be in the presence of God. And that is enough. Uh, Like the practice of centering prayer is not about words. It's not about ideas. It's, in fact, just about letting your being be. And that that becomes prayer. Uh, Because when you live and move and have your existence in him, as we do, then all bets are off in terms of the limitations, right? So um, it, it's one of those areas that I'm still, yeah, trying to trying to grow into. And 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 the pieces, of course, because of the way I I process, I want to think my way into it. Mm. And prayer can't be thought into. It has to be. You have to pray your way into praying. You you have to it, it, obey in order that any insight that's going to come is is going to come. You don't get the insight so that you can obey. The, you obey into insight rather than the other way around, which mm. keeps, you know, the, the, the structure of the universe right. We're aligned with God, and He's the Lord, and we're not. And so it's learning into that. Yeah, a, a lot of learning, I would say. Um, Amy... In your experience with prayer, what has been something that that you've learned or grown in, and how has that compared with some of the things that you picked out of the sermon from Sunday? That's a great question. Some of the things that maybe I've grown in is probably just the moving away from asking and bringing frustration and anger and emotion to God in prayer um, is probably something I've done more as a mom, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> more my, as I've gotten older than just asks, um, which I think is what Bill was talking about and it being not so focused on outcome. Um, there was a couple things that stood out to me in Bill in Bill's sermon that I would love to ask Pastor Bill about. Um, one of it being, there's no like my in the Lord's prayer. So I, when you when you were talking about, um, you highlighted it when we say our Father, and that I've always known. And then I looked, and it's like everything is communal, mm-hmm. everything is our. And I just wanted to like unpack that a little bit too, because I feel like 
um, that's an area I'm growing in too, is how is the like communal and like interceding and praying for, for others, especially even in light of what's happening in the world. Like, how do you bring that to the Lord where it's not like, it's an ask for, you know, the chaos to stop, but then it's also a cry out for, um, the anger, the frustration, the lament. Anyways. So I think twofold growing and moving away from asking. Mm -hmm. And then also I want to press more into like the communal aspects of prayer. Um, so I would even love to hear more about what the text, um, says and why it's so communal. Yeah. And I, I think you're hitting on exactly the challenge for us is that we are so hyper individualistic in our culture that that language comes almost as a, a shock. Um, whereas in the culture in which Jesus was speaking, that would be the norm. So community always comes before individual. And there is no individuality apart from community. It always starts, and this is from Genesis 1, where humankind is created to be part of the image of God. So from the outset, and this is where the intercessory piece for parts of the body, if you will, that are broken in other places in the world uh, comes in. We need to be reminded consistently and regularly in the ways that we pray that we are interconnected with everybody everywhere, that that the illusion of isolation is that. It it is a deception that uh, allows us to have enemies and allows us to label people bad or good based on our experience with them, or worse, based on a report of somebody else's experience with them, uh, and doesn't and uh, um, take into account that even though they might be opposed to me or me opposed to them, they are still part of me and I, I them. So the prayer kind of peels back the um, sense that that there's 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 difference and distance, so that when we bring horrific things, um, whether for ourselves or for others, it really is first of all not just about empathy, uh, but almost a um, I don't know solidarity, uh, identification with folks who are needing daily bread that is literal bread. Uh, for those who are today hiding in bomb shelters, um, that I can only, I can't even imagine, but I can join in with the hour, uh, daily bread mm-hmm. and know that, and this is the beauty of intimacy with the father. This is the beauty of incarnation. Jesus knows exactly what it's like to hide from people who are trying to kill you. So when we pray the Our Daily Bread, when we pray the Our Father, we are joining our voices with one and to one whom, for whom none of this is, is uh, off, off limits, none of this is uh, unknown. All of this is, he's, he's the language from Hebrew, he's been beaten up and tested in the same ways that we are, and, and didn't, didn't crash and burn on that. So he's got some things to say about how to, how to do what you're doing uh, without succumbing to the temptation to quit. Yeah, and Amy, I'm so glad that you started with the hour 
uh, in the very beginning of the Lord's Prayer, because it's one of the things that we skip over. It's a pivotal word uh, that it begins with. And I, for one, didn't also realize that the rest of the language is very, like, not me. It's not, (laughs) it's not me, which is a little bit like contradictory in, in my mind and possibly in in other people's minds as well, because I think there is something special when people think about prayer and, oh, I'm going to the secret place. It's just me and God. And, and like somehow we're hijacking God's full attention that it's just me. And, you know, I'm already thinking about the negative side effects of what this is because, you know, all of a sudden God who cares about the whole world, loves the whole world and people legitimately need bread, need help, need rescue. And here I am like, Jesus, give me a parking spot tonight so I can park close to home or, you know, let the latte be good this morning instead of bad. And it's like, talk to us a little bit about what we miss when we do have that very individualistic uh, mindset when we approach prayer. Yeah, I think we miss our own identity. We turn ourselves into, we objectify ourselves to our needs as we perceive them. Mm. We don't even know, in fact, what they are. And uh, we turn God into a, a genie in a, in a bottle that uh, exists to, to serve us. And, and this is I mean, you know, you study the history of the small g gods, that's what they were for. You had to pay them a price, of course, but the outcome was that they did your bidding. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what part of what we're missing is this um, appreciation for the majesty and glory and wonder and unbelievable nature of a God who is over all and through all and in all and beyond all uh, of our comprehension. But the other thing we miss, and which enables us to be human, is the fact that we can't be human in isolation. Mm. It can't ever be, and, and God made this clear from the beginning, Jesus made it a hallmark of it. I mean, if you ask anybody who hung around with him, what was he always on about? The answer would be, he kept on saying, love one another. (laughs) And when we isolate, we tend, I think, to, um, to, to potentially at least lose the awareness of our, we're part of a much larger body. uh, And there are no small parts, but there aren't any big parts either. There's no heroes and heroines. It's just just us. Hmm. And um, therefore, I, 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 I need to be reminded regularly and consistently, consistently that I'm, I'm, I'm part, of, part of something. Uh, and I want to be as faithful and honoring in how I, how I carry my part of the body, so to speak, uh, knowing that that means other people will be able to rely on me in those senses. So it, it's, it's, it's fascinating that the cell, if you will, needs to have boundaries in, in the molecule. The cell needs to have boundaries, but they need to be permeable. You need to be able to be in relationship and in connection. You know, like the image I use is you're in proximity without possession. Mm. You're, you're together, you're influencing one another, 
but and sometimes the support will be right and sometimes the support will be no you you got this i don't need right so i've got to be fully who i am and in prayer that hour reminds me oh wait there's somebody else who who i'm and and not just one somebody but a whole community of somebody's yeah and and let me just dig a little bit deeper in there because i see that almost wrestling with the idea of you know i thought i was god's masterpiece his poema and i thought i was so special but now i have to bring everybody else into the secret space like what about me and and how do you reconcile those two things um together like on one hand i i see you know he knows the hairs on my head and on the other side i can't i can't leave the group i can't be separated right. and isolated from the group yeah it's like we say what everybody's you're you're unique just like everybody else <laughs> um and but that is true uh, that's the tension that's the paradox that we live in we're built to live in that tension and we hate tension we hate the paradox so we tend to resolve it in the collective or in the individual and we can't we've got to maintain the tension because we live in in the pull we live in the tension and need to keep the community in mind as we're the disciple that Jesus loved and we need to keep the the I've I've got to be fully who I am uh, as part of this larger mm. piece because if I you can't say to any part of the body I don't need you. That means that part of the body needs to be fully who they are. And that then we all kind of fit together in this, change the metaphor here, jigsaw puzzle, that each individual piece has to be distinct, has to be uniquely itself. Mm -hmm. But it's only found its identification and meaning as part of the larger whole. Oh, this particular piece of blue is sky, not water, mm-hmm. right, in the puzzle. And prayer, Lord's Prayer particularly, with the emphasis, for example, on forgiveness, with the emphasis on our daily bread, our Father. Uh, it says forgive us, uh, forgive us our sins, mm-hmm. deliver us. Exactly. Yeah. All of that is a, a way of saying, yes, you come individually, this is your individual prayer, but it's part of a chorus. It's part of a uh, a larger um, choral uh, offering. Mm-hmm. Um, when I directed choirs, uh, it was always a challenge t- to have really strong singers on individual parts who maybe were brilliant soloists, but needed to be trained to submit to the to the choir mm-hmm. so the whole sound was better rather than one or two voices predominant. Right, and then when that when they learned how to do that, when the time came for the choir, then the whole community could support them in their solo solo uh, endeavor. Uh, I don't know if that makes sense, but I think that that's the image that I'm after. Yeah, and as you're talking, I uh, going back to the puzzle metaphor. I think so often we we love being the special piece, but we also want to be the whole puzzle. We want to take up the whole picture and just soak it in and bring in all the attention. And like, 
you can't have a puzzle that's just one piece. One it's piece, not, no. It, it's actually not a puzzle anymore. It's not a puzzle anymore, yeah. It, um, <laughs> yeah. And I, I love all the stuff that you've talked about with, you know, the, the body of Christ being like a mosaic and all the different boundaries, and, and I just love that imagery. Amy, what was, what was another aspect of the sermon that really stuck out and resonated with you? I think... Um... I think one thing that comes up a lot, not just in like Pastor Bill's sermon, but in when we start talking about prayer is the balance between um, Jesus asking, what do you want me to do for, do for you? Like he does um, to the blind man in Mark 10 um, and bringing our requests to God, um, releasing outcomes. But then also we have this spiritual warfare happening and like what element that prayer plays into that. And so for me, I think um, something that stood out was not so much stood out as like what was stirring in me was the tension of um, I, I need, I need to pray. I need to ask. um, But then also I don't have control over outcome, but also playing into like the spiritual warfare aspect where like our prayers do matter and our prayers Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Like our prayers take ground and our mm-hmm. prayers, um, miracles happen when we pray more, right? Like, yeah, exactly. and so there's this tension of, um, of that. And I, I, I don't really have a question in there or a response in there, but, um, but that was something I left kind of still processing too. Yeah. Um, I, it's, yeah. Well, Go ahead. Uh, for me, the, the question is how do we negotiate again, those tensions, mm-hmm. right? between, okay, you told us to ask, but then you reserve the right to say no. Mm-hmm. Well, how do, we neg- how do we learn that? And of course, the strategy for Jesus is you abide in me. Mm-hmm. You, you learn what in my name means. You learn to pray, to ask as I would pray if I were, were praying. And so there is a, a shaping into the family uh, to the Our Father that occurs in proximity again. Because prayer is about intimacy, the outcome of that intimacy is not simply so that we can enjoy the intimacy. It's so that we can join in the family business yeah. of saving the world. And prayer is then one of those primary ways that having now been shaped away from our preferential outcomes, sometimes we actually are right on the money. We are in tune with what God is up to in the moment and are able to 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 bless what he's already doing and I I think sometimes he delights to uh, see his children start to step in to adult responsibilities in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms now specifically of spiritual warfare, I think it's less a about uh, the specifics of flesh and blood, this, that, and the other, and more about praying in in general uh, for 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 the um, uh, justice hmm. that God wants to bring, and that the principalities and powers are aligned, the terrors at night, the the fear that drives love away, because not only does love cast out fear, fear casts out love. And the why the Ephesians 6 passage that we're dancing around here is bookended with prayer. 
uh, the armor of God is about holding the ground you've been given to hold, and prayer bookends that. So it's intimacy with God, collaborative, cooperative relationship, even if only in the spirit with other people, and then we're going to cohort, we're going to hold together uh, the ground that God has given us to, to hold. Uh, and frankly, it was one of the things that Jesus was most concerned about. We didn't talk about it uh, on Sunday because it was outside my kind of brief. But mm-hmm. um, in Luke 18, Jesus tells a parable of the un- unjust judge who finally gives way to the persistent pestering of this widow who makes him do the right thing. And Jesus uses that as this rabbinic teaching of massive contrast. If this unrighteous judge does the right thing, Mm -hmm. how much more do you think your father will do the right thing, will bring justice? Here's the problem, he says. When the Son of Man returns, will he find anybody still of the faith? Will people have given up praying because that's the purpose of the parable? Luke tells us this at the beginning of that chapter. Jesus told this parable so that his disciples wouldn't give up on praying. And it ends with Jesus' reminder, this isn't about justice. This is about you staying on task Hmm. and joining with me in redemption uh, in pushing back the darkness, mm-hmm. in in uh, out of your intimate relationship with God, now it turns to the to the larger things that God is doing, and you can you can you can actually affect massive outcomes because you're joining in with a force beyond imagining yeah. uh, that. So things happen when you pray that don't happen when you don't pray. And things even that God wants to happen will not happen until somebody asks. Because it's not about the thing that's happening. It's about the training of his people into the partnership. That's what's so interesting about prayer. And I think where even I get stuck and maybe other people in our community would get stuck is it's so dynamic that you could just say prayer and you th- you're thinking of one aspect of yes. prayer. Mm-hmm. You're thinking of secret place prayer. You're thinking of corporate prayer. You're thinking of contemplative prayer, centering prayer. Like it's so dynamic. Um, there's so many different aspects to prayer. And um, I know that's where I'll get stuck because mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll spend even more time maybe in one form of prayer and not exercise other muscles of other ways to pray or participate in that. And, um, I don't know if you guys have like that same experience, but I feel like you say prayer and you maybe already have like a specific way to pray. Mm -hmm. That's, well, that's, that's for me why, and you know, your lead question, what am I learning? It's, it's, oh man, I thought I had a pretty good handle (laughs) on this, you know? And, but I find almost daily, sometimes my prayer is Jesus, teach me to pray. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't I I want to be I want to be helpful. Mm-hmm. And um, and the other piece of this that you know you you see with the sarcastic responses to 
uh, prayers being indicated in response to public national disasters and the losses of of uh, and the diagnoses and you know you see it on Instagram and Facebook you know thoughts and prayers and while I don't want to get into the all of the dynamic there uh, I I I I and I understand the angst that says prayers and thoughts are not enough and my response typically is well then perhaps we don't yet fully understand what prayer is um, we can do an awful lot of things after we have prayed, but until we have prayed, we haven't done the most powerful thing. And whatever we do out of that probably won't be shaped by relationship with the Father. It, it will be using Jesus' name as a way of accomplishing our own outcomes. Wow. I feel like we need to have another conversation with you <laughs> if we if only we had the time. Um, Bill, as we as we close down, um, and I was halfway serious. I'm going to try to find some time to fit you into like almost part B this. Um, but what would you say um, is the biggest takeaway that you want people uh, to walk away with uh, listening to this conversation and also to the sermon that you gave on Sunday? What's what's the the number one thing uh, around the concept of prayer that you really want people to hold on to? That prayer is at root intimacy with the Father. It's being with him who loves you so much as part of his body and in your unique individuality. And it is finally the only place where you will ever be at home. Mm. That is so simple. And I, I, I'm going to remember that. Amy, are you going to remember that? <laughs> yeah, Don't I'm going to do my very best to live it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And and for everybody listening, we hope that you will lean into that as well. Remember, just you know, prayer is intimacy with the Father. Um, and as we continue to provide space for you as as gardeners to come and pray, like what's happening right now in our sanctuary, uh, uh, ministry time on Sundays, and just in our own quiet time as we carve out uh, uh, the secret space uh, with our Father, that we can... Um, I think you used the phrase like almost grow muscles around these different aspects of prayer uh, to more fully engage our identities with God's identity right, right. and just let's let's make the world beautiful through that's, this. That's the goal. Here we go. Yeah. Thank you so much, Bill, for being here. Thank Thanks you, for Amy, for joining us as well. Thank you so much for listening to the Gardener's Podcast. For more information, please visit garden.church. Also, for the sermon they spoke of, head over to Garden Church Podcast. We're in the middle of a really beautiful series called Jesus People, and it's all about becoming the kinds of people that Jesus intended his followers to be.